What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Penn's Corner Podcast. Today, we are going over a whole lot of games. Seven games to talk about, mostly because the last podcast we recorded was hours before a hurricane struck us in Florida. Uh, we did not end up posting that because you could hear the fear of God in our voices. And quite honestly, we could give way better analysis on those games now that we're not in Florida on the beach about to get struck by Hurricane Nicole. So with that being said, get ready for a little bit of a depressing podcast today, solely because the last time we spoke, the Penguins were 6-0-1. and <laughs> And after these last seven games, we are now 7-5-1-1. So Dale, get us started. What are we talking about today? Uh, John Lazat out. Um, I really don't know where else to start from that. Right to the chase. I mean, John Lazat definitely. I we were talking to someone. We were actually. It was before our news segment, which was on PA Live, and Rachel Malik literally goes, "Isn't there a player that you guys hate?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, Kale Kessie." And she's like, "No, the Penguins won." And we we're like, "Oh, John Lazat. <laughs> That's the guy." And she was like, "She was like, yeah. Well, we were listening to your podcast, and we we're like, oh god." And by the end of this podcast, I'm sure you'll feel the same exact way once we start breaking down how many times he's on the ice when the other team scores goals, uh, and also how many of his late penalties have now cost us games. So I guess let's get started by um, going right into the weekend here. We're going all the way back to November 5th and 6th here. Match week three, doubleheader against Hershey. Uh, we lost both games. You're going to hear that a lot. This one was rough. This one was November 5th um, in Wilkes-Barre. The, the Bears scored two really like wide open goals against the Penguins. They kind of made us look stupid. Uh, we no, got a, another power play goal. Another power play goal. Um, we got a late compensation goal courtesy of Alex Nylander. But to be f- honest with you, the only actual positive takeaway from this game was when Gruden fought Strom and put him down on his ass. Uh, aside from that, it was disappointing for the 5,200 fans in attendance, and we were kind of hoping that they'd bounce back. Uh, granted, you know, Hershey did not have their entire squad. This was after everyone got sent to the Capitals because of injury, and they didn't. Um, instead, they responded the next day by going four goals down in the first and second period. Um, the Penguins kind of had a rally back, uh, made it 4-3 in the third period, courtesy of a lot of grit from Gruden and Hollander. Uh, Gruden's going to be another name we talk about a lot today. But they couldn't bring it back all the way, ended 4-3, and quite honestly, it was really, really sad to watch just because of where this team was. Uh, the fact that they had an opportunity to take advantage of Hershey back-to-back with a weaker team than usual, and instead, they kind of sat back and they got destroyed. No, I agree. I mean, you see a lot of you see a lot of the penalties that, are, that we take, and a lot of these penalties we're taking are the reason we're not winning. You, if if you're in the box, I'm looking here. We have what game is this? This is this is back to the fifth. Okay. This is back when we lost two one. I'm looking at the third period. We have one. We have an elbowing penalty on Gruden. We have a fighting penalty on Gruden, which I understand <laughs> that. But then we have a hooking call on Sam Hood. An, an elbowing call on Willett. That's four penalties. That totals up to 11 minutes. And that's in the third period. That's in the third period. <laughs> that's 11 minutes. And I'm, I get it. The Gruden fight, he didn't start that. He just he fought and he did the right thing. But the elbowing penalty, was it a harsh call? Yeah, but it's a call. The Sam Hood penalty. I, there is not one attacker more that I've seen in the penalty box than Sam Hood. And I'm not criticizing him. I like Sam Hood. Sam Hood's one of my favorite players. 
and he's aggressive in that part of his game, but he's got to get it under control in the third period. Yeah. If you take that penalty in the first or second, when we have time to make up for it, but he's taking this penalty four sixteen into the third when we're chasing the game. Agreed. I mean, look at that. You're spending how many minutes? You say there uh, 11? 11, 11 total minutes. You're spending half of the third period where you can potentially rally at home in the box. You're, you're limiting yourself. You're, you're taking away one sixth of your game right away. That's way too much, especially against Hershey at home. Fans don't want to see you sit in the box. And I, I get it. Sam, who is a, he's a young player. Um, so he'll, he'll figure that part of his game out. But I agree. A lot of really stupid hooking calls constantly. That, that seems to be like the Penguins crutch so far this season is just these dumb little hooking calls. So then we go over to the next game and they finally get it on the control. But is this 4-3 Hershey? Yeah, we we're coming back. We make the comeback. It's and then third period, Kajula tripping. Now, I don't really remember that call. I don't remember it off the top of my tongue. There aren't many, many penalties in this game. But then there's a bench miner. Too many men on the ice. <laughs> you, you rally back three goals against the Bears away from home. It's 4-3. And then you're going to get a bench miner late in the third period. Momentum is clearly in your favor. What are you doing? Now, I, I don't know. Hershey were the better team. Uh, we sh- really should have won the game on the fifth because McElroy, I think McElroy, yeah, McElroy was out. He was suspended. They didn't have many other key guys. Um, McElrath was suspended first game. Yeah. Second game he was back, I think, right? That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, okay. He was suspended for the first game. The second game he was back, and all of their players were up in, up in Washington. Yeah, we had a couple missing. Hollander was missing, but we should have won that game. That is, I think that's an inexcusable loss there, but it happened. It's over. It's over. We, we, came, we came back. We showed that we could do it. So then we went out to Hartford. High, kind of high. Actually, we, Hartford came to us. That is true. I'm Hartford sorry. came to us. So yeah, uh, we go we go out to play Hartford, and 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 November 11th, and we're expecting a huge night from us. Big big night. I mean, these are the moments you bounce back as a team, especially because at that point you're only six two and one. Mm-hmm. Like you still, um, you still have like the the ability to save your season, not save your season. You have the ability to save your winning ways. You know. Yeah, like knock it on this bad streak. Get even take it overtime. Like, take it over time, get that point. Like, you get that point, and it is what it is. It works, but we end up going, we end up losing 3-1 this game. And you guys can't see this, but there's so many penalties. I'm looking at this sheet right now, and I see Pustinen, interference, John Lazat, uh, Corey Andonovsky, Legere, Drew O'Connor, Shevzikovsky, Fadun, all of them taking, all of them taking penalties. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of recap this game because we didn't we didn't talk about this one at all yet. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game: Louis Dominique being a total asshole to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I know he likes to get in players' heads, and I know he's like a a mind games kind of guy, but he was an actual just d bag. Mm-hmm. The guy was outside of his like area <laughs> massively he was over by the benches stirring up trouble with Andonovsky in open play not even after the play um and then they get that early goal because if you remember it Nealander messed up he, he mm-hmm. got the puck like deep in our zone and then he went to kind of like flick a pass backwards without looking and it created that 2v1 for them and then yeah. I mean that was that was disappointing. Not the way we wanted to start the game. That was literally right at the beginning of the first period. Gruden, 
again, phenomenal game in the first period, physicality. Um, Onsen's had a phenomenal game in terms of physicality too. Um, my biggest takeaway from the second period of that game was Tokarski just playing lights out. He made that ridiculous save at the end of the second period to keep us in the game. And I think he deserves a, another shout out, even though we give him one every single episode, because he's the reason that we're not losing by larger margins right now. It's really not his fault. He's been phenomenal for us this season, along with, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Along with Lindbergh. But these power plays are just destroying us. We cannot continue to take this many penalties if we expect to like continue winning games. That was the one thing in the beginning of the season. Like we weren't taking penalties that way. We looked really good. We were getting like the occasional hooking call or this or that, some young guys, stupid fouls. But now it's like so out of control. It's consistent. You expect these like late third penalty penalty or third, third period penalty calls. Uh, you expect them to like lose momentum in the second because of some dumb power play situation, you know? It's just becoming way too predictable. And now teams realize we're going to do it and they're using it as momentum shifts. And the thing I really want to point out is you, you mentioned that first goal, a uh, Nylander mistake. That's a shorthanded goal. And you're down one nothing. It's 1-1. One, one. But then Louis Dominique, he wasn't anything special. You know he's going to be a hothead. He was a hothead last year in Wilkes-Bear. Did we like him more when he was in Wilkes-Bear? Yeah, because he's your guy. As soon as he leaves, you hate him. You, you love to play with him. You hate to play against him. And he's shown that. He, the first time we played Hartford this season, he showed that. He was absolutely just incredibly ignorant when we played them. And then he goes out to Hershey, and he was, an, he was a jerk to them when he played them. And then he plays us again. He's on his blue line yelling at us during the play. He's, I think he was yelling at maybe Gruden or something. But he's yelling at him. He's at it. Dominique is at his own blue line. And another thing I want to point out is I was actually watching the Hershey game that they played Hartford uh, when they beat them. And Louie was just, he was still doing it. He's just chirping. He's a hothead. You know he's a hothead. Why not use that to your advantage? He seems more entitled than ever like, currently. Apparently, he got a little bit of spotlight in, in Pittsburgh, and now he thinks that he should be there. He's not that good. He's no. good. He's, don't get me wrong. He's probably a bad NHL goalie. He's not that guy. He's a great AHL goalie. He's a bad NHL goalie. Yeah, we talked about on our first podcast ever how some players seem to like wear this kind of cloak of invincibility, this like kind of cocky overthrow in order to kind of seem like they're they're a bigger, better player. He is definitely one of them. That's just kind of this average dude um, that would sit the bench on most NHL teams. But he just has the ego and the attitude of someone who like thinks he belongs at a higher level. Also, um, it's worth mentioning this third period against Hartford was atrocious. Um, they had the ability to bring it back and instead they just let it go. Tension started flaring, bad mistakes, no possession, bad penalties. Just like one of those periods you just put your head down and you're like, these guys did not want to play hockey today. Um, so that was disappointing after two losses against Hershey. And then we go to Hartford at home. You expect something different in front of 4,000 fans. And wasn't that faith night too? Uh, was that, yes, because the refs were terrible. Yeah. And they were saying that it was really like that even some of like the faith people were yelling at them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the officials, 
the officials can only be so bad. You go into a game expecting the officials to be bad. I mean, there have been times when we've been talking to JD or we've been talking to some of the players and they say there's better refereeing in little league, like not, not little league, but like peewee hockey. He said that there's better officiating in those games than there is in the AHL. Like you can watch travel. You can go to a high school travel game and see officials deal with it better than the AHL, NHL, or wherever you play. I mean, I, I went to an ECHL game last year. From what I saw in that opening game, tensions were high. It was a rivalry game. This ref actually controlled the game, not like the AHL, where one temper flares, it's, oh, da, 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 look the other way. Oh, you did a foul. Well, two periods ago, at the first minute of the game, he did that foul, so I'm not going to call it. They're consistently inconsistent until they aren't, until they yeah. try to be consistent. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's, more, it's one of the most frustrating parts of being a fan in the AHL, I'd say. Oh, yeah, the officiating is consistently awful. Um, so I guess that's, that's full thoughts on the Hartford game, November 11th. Then next day at home again, um, Springfield, 3-2. Uh, they get us late in the game. A um, couple of takeaways from this one. Early goals, stupid goals that we allow, two easy ones. But we make the comeback, two phenomenal efforts. Um, Sam Hood gets his goal, back post on the power play. Um, and then Ty Smith with another freaking snipe shortly after uh, brings us back 2-2. Only to end up in the third period with an Anthony Angelo goal. Um, honestly, it was it was really it was good by them. Uh, they cross checked the hell out of Saint Ivany in like our, our defensive zone. Um, they got a two v one break, and then Angelo finished it back post. But is it worth mentioning since we're already on the uh, shit on old players train? How much of an asshole was Anthony Angelo? <sighs> See, we, we, we sent a lot of daggers at him. and We sent daggers at him last season. We didn't have the podcast. I but. booed him. <laughs> I booed him at, when he played for us. And I never, I liked Angelo when he played with Agazino back in the day, way, way back. I think that was 16, 17, or maybe, maybe, was that maybe the season after, 17, 18, whenever he played with him. But he played with Agazino. He was good. He had oh, a couple injuries. God, Agazino and Angelo, they were nasty. But now they're, now they're hated. Yeah. But after that, Angelo became an absolute, like, just an absolute lazy, lazy player. Yeah. He, he would get called up to Pittsburgh and do less in Pittsburgh. He would, it looked like he didn't even care about playing hockey. So yeah. I'm glad he's with the Blues because it was a good career move for him. I hope that he, like, finds a little bit of spark. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to be sad. Yeah. Now, no. now, uh, Louis Dominique, Louis Dominique could, like, you know, not play hockey another day and like I'd, I'd probably be okay i don't want injury that's not what i'm saying but if he was like oh i'm i'm rich i'm gonna retire i'd actually be quite happy because then i would never have to see a smug mustache again true granted we're both rocking mustaches but louis dominique's smug mustache ours is our, ours are nice and you like we can prove that ours are nice they're well taken care of they're well groomed his well he's groomed. just he's smug he he's he has a smug mustache. If you look at him, he doesn't even shave the mustache. He just tries and ha he has it with the beard, and he's just he's just a French asshole. Yeah, it's it's a creepy mustache. Um, also in this game, um, it seems like every time we play Springfield, their goalie goes and just has the best game of their life. Uh, 
Zarenko was really, really good. He's one of the best goalies <laughs> that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, how, how the hell do they continue to do this? Their goalies stand on their heads against us every single time we play them. Lindgren last year. Was it, that, that was his name, Lindgren? Yep. What did he have? 40 saves? 40 some saves. And yeah. then we, next night, Hofer scored a goal like in I, playoffs. This, this was in playoffs last season. It's Hofer, ridiculous. Hofer's still there. But Zarenko, new guy. I don't think we ever played him. 39 saves. 39 saves. It's, but then again, you look at our goalies. Lindbergh, he's not bad. No, he had he's a good not. game. And Did he have the best game of his life? No, but he had a good game. 21 saves on 24 shots. Some of those were unsavable. I think I'd tell you at least two of them were. But then you look at it and you're like, wow, like, what are we doing? Yeah, you look at our goalies' percentages now. It's, it's not representative of how good they've played this season. Um, not even close. You know, the power plays are really starting to stack up. Um, on their percentages and that's not their fault they're having phenomenal games and then we just continue to put them in bad positions on the back post during power plays uh you know i feel bad for them because like Tokarski and Lindbergh are two of the best goalies in the ahl right now Tokarski hands down top five so i'm just i'm upset that those numbers don't like truly represent them um i i agree I think, I don't know, I think Lindbergh, I think Lindbergh is good. I think he's so young and he has a lot to learn, but we'll see. But one thing I do, I do want to point out here is John Lazat did not play in the Springfield game. He was being evaluated for an injury. I actually enjoyed watching this hockey. <laughs> I don't care if we lost. I enjoyed it. Now, the next game. Here we get, yeah, so that's, that's four games in a row, we lost at this point, 6-4, oh. Now, guess and who came back from Florida for this game? Yeah, honestly, it's worth mentioning that we have not been to a single loss this season. Um, uh, a single well, single regulation loss. Single regulation loss this entire season. So maybe we're the, the good omen, and we're back now, so things will be normal. But I think another factor leading up to this game that has played a huge role in those losses is the fact that our team kind of got dismantled. Um, we continue to get defenders pulled in the wrong direction in Pittsburgh. Um, our attackers were getting pulled up like every other day. They kept pulling O'Connor up day by day, pulling up day by day, Kajula up day by day. And it was really messing up like our lines. So this was the first game back with our entire team defensively. Uh, everyone in our attack was there and we shelled Hershey at home. This was my favorite game of the season so far. 4 nothing against Hershey. I thought they played phenomenal. It started really early in the game. Kajula got that sitter right in front of net. Um, we went absolutely wild. wild. Um, you know who didn't play? I'll tell you who didn't play. Who didn't play? John Lazat. John Lazat did not play. No, he didn't. Um, and honestly, we were phenomenal in terms of penalties this game too. Look at this. We have... Uh, one penalty, two penalties, three, four, five. Maybe we weren't so good on penalties on that one. You know, yeah, I saw a small column, but then suddenly I realized that Hershey only had two penalties out of that whole list. I mean, and then again, but you look at that. We won. We won four nothing, right? We did. Jackson Ivany interference. Drew O'Connor tripping. Mark Friedman delay a game. I didn't agree with that delay a game call. But still, that's three penalties in the third period. That has to be something we, we address. I mean, that's, that's not good. Let's that's see. really bad. Actually, while we're here, let's see how consistently we have third period penalties, like late third period penalties. Oh, we do all Last the time. Last 10 minutes of the third period. We do all so, the time. 
back-to-back games there. Um, so now we have, okay, three games in a row, four games in a row, five games in a row. Last five games alone, late third period penalties. And when I say late, I mean within the last five minutes of the third period. That's horrible. That's bad. That's a trend. That's bad. That's lazy. Yeah, that, that's not... That's not okay. Kale Kessie didn't even take a penalty this game. <laughs> you're, you're not going to win games if you continue doing this. You know, um, this is kind of like snowball chance in hell. We got a clean sheet with all those penalties, but we're not going to get that lucky. We need to be a lot more um, conscious of the amount of penalties in the late third period. It's also worth mentioning Gruden, phenomenal goal, um, played off the wall. Great back post finish. Tukarski with the assist and Willett. What a game Willett had. And Sam Hood. Willett and Sam Hood were two key players in this game. Hood had that nasty goal. Puck was bouncing and he ripped it top shelf. I mean, and then you look at Willett. He had a plus three, plus or minus. Plus three. That's insane. I mean, for a defender, for a defender who has been in a team that's not doing that great, that's amazing for us. And then Tukarski with the assist. Well-deserved. I mean, he got the first star that night. Mm -hmm. Very, very well-deserved. And how good was our penalty kill? The way they're throwing their bodies around during this game. Mark Mark Friedman. (laughs) Friedman. Mark Friedman was good. (laughs) Unreal. I don't know how this guy always ends up in front of the puck and then doesn't end up injured. I'm going to just knock on wood really quick. Well, whatever this wood is. Yeah, this is like fake wood. Probably masonite. Um, But honestly, uh, it's worth mentioning the Secura Hood link up too. Mm-hmm. I think we're slowly starting to see a little bit of a bond between those two players. Would I mean, you agree? You look at Sakira and you, you don't think much of him when he's playing. You don't really see what he does a lot of it. But every, every faceoff he goes up for, I favor him. Does he, do, does he hit people as hard as he can? Not all the time. Does he have the best stick handling? Not all the time. But his faceoffs, he doesn't lose faceoffs. And I mean, he, I, say that, I say that and I know what you're going to say. Oh, well, he does here and there. But he doesn't lose them consistently. He wins, 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 one loss. Wins, 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 one loss. And he's going up against the first line center, second line centers, third line centers. He's not going up against the same guys. Like I, there was one power power play we had. They they had a center on. It might have been might have been pulling. They pulled him off. They put secure on. He won the face off. Went off. Pulling came on. Like it happened. And that's, ball player, yeah, that's fine by me. It, he knows his role, and he's like him. And then I last year we had Shapu. Michael Chaput, we had him, and he oh, would do all that. I miss him so much. And his stick handling was great. His <laughs> face off was great. <laughs> but now, now we have Kajula and Sakura. We have two players who are arguably filling the hole, if not doing more for us than Michael Chaput did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Michael Chaput, I loved him. I loved, I loved watching him play. He was amazing. Where is he now? Chaput? Yeah. I have no idea, actually. I never saw any news about that whatsoever. I'll look it up if you want to keep talking about this. Um, also, Sakura has been great on the penalty kill. Has he not? He's been he, incredible. He's been such a good compliment to Jonathan Gruden on that penalty kill. It's been really cool. He just has that ability to like get his stick around someone and kind of like loosen up the puck enough that we can get a fast break. And it's been amazing. I understand we can see a lot of goals via the power play, but... When we're not conceding, it's solely because of efforts from him and Gruden, just not allowing the other team to have any retention within our attacking zone. So genuinely uh, hats off to, to Sakura for finally like settling in the team a little bit 
And I'm super excited to see like what the rest of his season looks like now that he's starting to get on the board, starting to get more physical, starting to look a lot more comfortable. He went over to Russia, zero points in seven games. Oh, Shapu? Yeah. Yikes. Zero points. Well, from a guy um, who finished last season with 33 points. Zero points in seven games. Yeah, it might just get off to a slow start. He also, that's a whole new league to adjust to. I can't even imagine how different that playing style is. I mean, Cam Lee did it. He's doing well for himself. <laughs> Chalmers. I mean, he's loving life over in Russia. Love you, but Chalmers. On to the next game. Uh, at, we traveled out to Bridgeport. And next day. It was uh, something of a cagey affair, I'd say. I mean, it was. 4 2 Bridgeport. Watherspoon continues to be a thorn in our side. <laughs> Watherspoon is, I, I don't remember the last time we played against Bridgeport and he wasn't there or he didn't record a point against us. He's, he's one hell of a player. I'll be honest. I, Watherspoon is one hell of a player, but he's not, he's not Wilkes-Barre, so I can't praise him. Agreed. Um, it's worth mentioning another Ty Smith goal here. Uh, my biggest takeaway, what I have starred on this sheet, 17 penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. That is an entire period of hockey spent on the power play. Like, come on. How do you expect to beat a team away from home if you're in the box for a third of the game? That's ridiculous. I don't know. And I mean... And they should have, like you said, they hit a bunch off the post this game. Yeah. Um, they were drilling the post. They, they could have made more of this game. And the 4-2, credit to them. Um we were in the game. It wasn't like it was a 4-2 in regulation and we were chasing it. We were we were good. We were good all game. We were up 2-1. 3-2 makes it sound a lot better. The empty net always makes it look worse. Yeah, we were up we were up 2-1 and then Bridgeport came out in the third and they were incredible. I I don't really I you look at it and you don't think, "Wow, Wilkes-Barre going to win this." You're like, "Oh boy, Bridgeport are on a different level." And we didn't play bad. We played no. good. We had a lot of good and positive things to look at. Good finish from Poland too. That's Great finish from Poland, yeah. But you know who played? John Lazat. John Lazat played. John Lazat, he's not a bad player. He's a good defender, and he knows what he's doing. But what does he offer us? What does he offer us that Jackson Ivany doesn't? I mean, Clay Hainis, he was on the team. He got dropped. But what, what, what does John Lazat offer us over him? He doesn't. His plus minus is consistently negative because he concedes every single time he plays. And I mean, it's, I don't know. He does good <clears throat> things. He does good things. He does bad things. But John Lazat, the majority of the time, it's like, it's like we're watching a dinosaur. It's like we're watching a dinosaur play against a rat. The rat's then the rat outruns the dinosaur. The dinosaur is standing there like, well, where'd you go? Where's the puck? And then the rat's already cheering on the bench. I I agree with you. It's it's hard to place all that blame on one guy. the The issue is he's consistently like been this poor. Yeah. Um. So it's not like we're saying we are only losing because John Lazat. But what we're saying is. We are conceding every single game that John Lazat is in the game, and those little moments of momentum are messing everything else up. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I, that, that's why I, I want him out. I want St. Ivany over him so bad. St. Ivany struggles with the physicality factor. Lazat's more of a physical guy, but Ivany's speed and awareness is so much better than Lazat's. I'd I, rather Chris Ortiz than John Lazat. You know, I, I'm choosing to remove myself from this point of the conversation uh-huh, because I haven't uh-huh. had the ability to truly compare my levels of hate for either of them. Now, the one thing I don't understand with all of this is why when when we put when we put Lazad in there, why our defense looks so ragged at times. And I mean, Fadoon, Fadoon, he has not had the best start to the season, and we know that. And but he's our captain, 
And he's been good. He hasn't been great. We set ourselves expectations for him last season. That was just super, super high. So maybe we should drop that and see what the player he is right now. But you're on a two-year deal. And I get it. You're playing with Jackson Ivany. You're playing with John Lazat. But you're the captain. You're, you're the veteran of the team. You have to know what these players play like and what you have to do. They're, honestly, Lazat makes Fadoon look bad. Oh, and, yeah. And Fadoon has not been able to like actually gain any momentum this season because of that. Not at all. He looks so flat. And he's El Capitano. I get it. He's a great player. They gave him a new contract for a reason. But, like, you're so right. Lazat has dragged him down to a point where Fadoon cannot get any traction whatsoever. And when that line looks bad, it makes Willett's line look bad. And that makes and that makes uh, Mark Friedman and Ty Smith, I don't think they're ever bad, actually. They're, they're ne- never I'm bad. I'm not going to lie. I don't think they're ever bad. They have but, points every game and also just, like, pretty much never concede. So, I mean... Yeah, that, they're pretty. They're pretty good at what they do. They're unbelievable. I do want to mention something actually from the four from the four 0 win. Uh, the MC before the game was hyping Ty Smith up on the news, and he went and put out a masterclass. You're so right. then the so next shout day, out shout out Rachel Malik. Now so, that we know you're listening. So then the next day she hyped him up again for some reason. <laughs> I she posted something, and he had another good game. So then I text her. I think I text her about that side or something. And I think she said she might not have said something about Ty Smith this game, but he had a hell of a game going into Charlotte on Monday night. He had one hell of a game. And honestly, I'm, I'm, this is a hot take. You can, you can count me out here. I think Rachel Malik, when she hypes a player up, automatically has a good game. I agree. I, I, think, I, I definitely think that that's the thing. I totally agree. Um, so everyone has been t- or watched um a hockey game where your team plays out of their mind good and then one stupid thing happens that dismantles the entire performance and somehow you walk away not getting the result you desired that is exactly what happened in charlotte on monday night at bojangles coliseum doesn't that sound like a like a kid's fun park welcome to bojangles have you ever been to bojangles no dude that's so good i got it in the airport it it's honestly Imagine like taking Popeyes and Chick-fil-A and combining them because it's, you know, like when your stomach gets sick after you eat Popeyes, Mm -hmm. you don't get that. But like, you know, when you go to Chick-fil-A and you're just disappointed because it's Chick-fil-A. I'm never disappointed. I absolutely love Chick-fil-A. You have to wait in a 30 minute line to get six pieces of chicken. That's what you're disappointed in. Bojangles doesn't have that. Yeah. You wait in a 15 minute line. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, Popeye's chicken's better. Come on down to Bojangles. But yeah. Uh, oh, you're agreeing with me on Popeyes really, is better than Chick-fil-A. <laughs> no. Um, really unlucky performance here. Um, and just, oh, oh my God. What well, boils my blood even more about the fact that we lost this game against Charlotte was the fact that John Lazat saw that one coming, I bet, <laughs> conceded a third period late in the game penalty that directly led to their game-winning goal. Or not game-winning goal, sorry. Game-tying goal um, that sent this to OT. We ended up losing in the shootout. But we were up. We continued to be up. Um, we went down. We scored. We went up 2-1, 3-1. They came back, 3-2, 3-3. We went up 4-3. And then to allow them back into the game after you have killed their momentum completely. Oh, my God. That was just a frustrating that was the cherry on top of it all. Like, and the fact that it was him, 
55, lazily skating back. Oh, like you almost saw it coming. It was yeah. almost already written in the stars. Now, the shootout was a bit of a heartthrob. It went to four shots each. Kajula hit the post. And I mean, our penalties were... Nylanders was good. Nylanders was pretty good. Pullins, I wasn't sure what he did. Pusinen was... I think he missed the net. But then... But then Kajula, Kajula hit the post. Goes Kajula and Nylander, I think, have to take penalty shots. I think they have to be in the first three because I like Pusinen. Pusinen's a great player. He's a liability. I don't trust him taking a penalty shot. No. But then you look at their penalties. Most of, I would say two out of four of them were good. They scored on one of them, so it's the same as us. So we're pretty much tied here. Yeah. If, this, if Kajula's shot is a little bit to the left, literally two millimeters to the left, it's game. It's game winning. Game winning. Tick's gonna save that every day of the week. Boom. Game over. We move on. This is a completely different conversation we're having. Honestly, though, I expect nothing once AHL games like go to a shootout. AHL shootouts are just so pathetic. Every single time, no matter who's playing, who's taking the penalty, it's just awful. Um, also, in this game, another really frustrating things was how many good chances led to just like opportunities for them that they ended up capitalizing on. I took some hardcore notes during this game and even their first goal, Pustinen has a wide open shot. All right. He has a chance to put us up one, nothing on a four V one counterattack, and we biff it. And then obviously when you have momentum in a four V one, if they win puck, the puck they're going to counter and now their numbers up and that's exactly what they did they took advantage of a 3v1 situation um i thought it was a super dumb waste of an opportunity a little upsetting um i think uh two players that we could really compliment in this game were o'connor and hollander and probably also gruden gruden was really physical um he got on the board hollander Oh my God. So, so good in these last few games. Um, what did he have? I know he, he's a joint leading uh, scorer on our team right now. Six goals, right? How many assists does he have? Do you know off the top of your head? Sorry. I'm sorry. We're all sleep deprived here. Thanksgiving coming up. We're taking care of the family. I'm looking at the stats now for you. Um, but yeah. So Hollander, Hollander assist, you said? Yeah. He has 12 points, six and six and six. So 12 points in 13 games. That's pretty phenomenal. That's amazing. Um, he was a really worth shouting out in this game. Um, another one of their late goals as well um, came from another counterattack based on a chance of ours, which was so annoying. Um, I also, I forgot to shout out Mark Friedman. He was actually a brick wall in this game. That one power play, even though they scored on the end of it, I think he had four back-to-back blocks. He just... Go down, get drilled, go down, get drilled, jump in front of another puck, jump in front of a player. Like he's he's in he's an absolutely incredible player. And I think that that's I think that's what Pittsburgh's looking for. Pittsburgh called Mark Friedman up. Was it might have it might have been cap space, but at the same time, they called Mark Friedman up. So will we see a shuffle here where Mark Friedman goes up to Pittsburgh and Joseph comes down? Maybe, but we're not losing anything. That, that's the big thing for us. We are not losing any quality in that at all. Now, the thing I do want to mention is we might be losing Tick because I think the Smiths was being evaluated for an injury. 
but I, I don't, I'm not sure. I did not see anything else about that. I just saw something about that yesterday. I feel like I saw that early article and I think it's, it's okay. I okay. think he's staying with us. I'm pretty sure both their goalies are perfectly fine. Hopefully. Um, so I guess going forward, let's talk about just real quick, our, our leading point scorers up to this point. We've got Nealander sitting on six goals, Hollander sitting on six goals. Is Hollander also our assist leader or is Ty Smith our assist leader? Uh, Pustinen has seven assists and I'm looking now. Willett has nine assists. Wow. Let's, let's go on team leaders. Willett, nine assists. Pustinen, seven. Ty Smith, five. Oh, sorry. Hollander and Nylander both have six. So I guess at this point in the season, are you surprised by any of those names? Willett, I did not think Willett was going to have that big of an influence, but I mean, I'm not complaining that he does. He's, he's one hell of a player. Yeah, he's he's got a rip too. This guy's going to score some important goals for us this season. Right now, uh, <laughs> Hollander and Nylander are just kind of like eating up his tips in front of goal, which is fine because the puck's going to the back of the net. Um, but Willett's always the one drilling them. He's got so many assists because it's literally what he does. He sits at the point and he just whacks fucking pucks to the net. And people get in front of him and we score. But I'd like to see him get his, uh, his goal column started as well he is a regen of ricola and it's it's but frightening. better oh much better but it's frightening because ricola always shot but it never went in he, but he, he got some assists i think he got i think he had a couple assists here and there at least will it's out here putting it on frame yeah will it's just will it's one hell of a player i think he's a better defender than ricola now ricola was a professional at scaring the shit out of anyone behind the net with a <laughs> slap shot to the glass that's true now, I do want to ask you this question. I have two questions to ask you. One, what do you think the best chirp of the week is? That you or I made or you heard someone in the crowd say? Because I know mine. I want to know yours. Best chirp of the week? Um, uh, I don't even know. I, anyone who's seen me at games or really knows anything about myself and love for hockey knows that when I'm at these games... Uh, it's usually a pretty twisted, drunken version of myself. So I don't necessarily remember everything that happens. It's, it's more of a, a blur where I just celebrate goals and slam beers. Uh, I'm trying to think probably, oh, uh, I don't even know. Um, I'd say the new, I, for you, you yeah, were really... probably, probably the new Cassie chant really made me smile. Got a lot of really good reception at that four nothing game. And it was just the perfect chance to try it out too. Um, it wasn't great. We didn't, we didn't get the timing down perfect, but it worked. Now you want to know what mine was? What? Um, so Hershey's goalie, his name is uh, Fukali, Ugh. but our, our section started calling him fickle. <laughs> so now every time he messed up, we would yell just fickle at him. And I mean, it works because it, it's not really, it's not like a bad word, but like you hear it and you're like, Oh my God. Uh, did, like, uh, do they mean it? Do they mean fickle. to call me fickle? Hey, fickle, you suck. What, what do you mean by that? Like, why, why are you calling me fickle? Like, call me Fukali. At least have the respect. I love it. Fickle? I, I rocked it. That's such a disrespectful nickname. I would hate if my last name was Fukali and people just started calling me fickle. I'd be like, please shut up. <laughs> I mean, you did go on dates with Kessie back in the day. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm not even starting this. <laughs> um... Now, my other question I wanted to ask you, do you, are you upset with any person we signed this for this season? 
are you upset with the performance of the contract extensions or the people we signed to replace players who left? No, I think every player was pretty properly replaced. Um, literally, the only thing I would change about this current team, and we said it a hundred times, is just replacing Lazat with St. Ivany. Aside from that, I feel so good about this team. There is no one in this division that's going to compete with us with a healthy squad and all of our guys there, aside from Charlotte and Providence. Bridgeport. Bridgeport are better than Charlotte. I'm telling you, we could beat Bridgeport nine times out of ten with this team in good form. Charlotte is just a good team. We've, they've had our number for the longest of times, too. They have. And honestly, I'm, I'm trying not to get down about this Penguins team because they're, they're still, I think, at 57 win percentage. They're above 500. They started the season 6-0-1. I know they've folded at this point, but they still have a winning record. Uh, they still have really good potential, a really good team. So I'm trying not to get too down on anything aside from the fact that we called this Lazat trend. And we said at one point it was going to catch up to us, and now it is catching up to us, and we're only 13 or 14 games in the season. That's what needs to change. There's no way that they don't see that behind the scenes in Wilkes-Barre. Um, they're very clear what lines are getting scored on. They're very clear who the weak links are. And I'm hoping that it leads to a lot of opportunity for St. Ivany because he's, he's worth the, the chance, you know? So no, I don't necessarily have any issues in terms of contracts or people we signed, people we replaced. That's just kind of the ebb and flow of the AHL. But that needs to, to change. That line, there needs to be some, some adjustments. I agree. Now, what do, you, what do you think? You asked the question. I'm sure you have an answer. I'm upset with how Lazat's played. I'd like to see more out of Ravis Hansons and Shostakovsky. I mean... I like Shevzikowski. I think he's been good. He started hot, and now he's kind of... He's... he's No, yeah, you're right. He started off hot, and he's good. Coming into the season, I expected a lot out of him. Um, I know that Brooklyn Kalmakov is down in down in Wheeling, but I still want to see a lot come... I want to see him play. Down in nailing? Did I say nailing? No, I was, okay. I was just making a joke. Oh, I, I thought I said nailing. It's been a long day. Now, who is that guy we called up from Wheeling to? What was uh, Sean Jossling? Did he play? No. Jossling did not play a game, did he? Nope. He came up, and we actually ended up bringing a player down, so he went right back down. Yeah, you're right. I was just looking. I want to see. I've, hear, I've heard very good things about Sean Jossling. That's another name I want to see. So, but I mean, we have, we have a good squad. Jordan Frasca also has not come back. You're right. You. You're right. That's going to be a big boost because that's a good freaking player. A really good freaking player. <laughs> I think we have a good team. I think we have a very, very good team, and I'm excited to see what we can do with it. But we real we have to, we gotta, we really gotta, we really gotta bow it down the hatches. We need to stop losing. We just need to take it overtime, get that point. You can't, you can't win every game. I know you, there's no way you can win seven. What is it, 70, 72 games? Yeah, you can't win seventy two games. You can't win all of them. And would we like to? Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really, really cool if we did. But, but we won't. But it's reasonable for this team to win 70% of those games. If we went, I would be fine if we won half of them. <clears throat> because we just got to get in the playoffs. But I'd like to see us win. I, I expect half. We're I better expect, than a 500 team, though. This is way better than a I 500 expect team. Us to, I expect us to win 45 games this season. And we're on good pace. We have to really, we have to focus up and do it. I mean, when you play away from home, you, it's, you're not going to have the fans behind you. You're not going to have the refs with you. 
because of that home advice, that home ice advantage influence. And it starts with the late penalties. Mm -hmm. We have to, we really have to stop taking penalties. We're not letting ourselves into the game late on. Um, and we're conceding late on. And right now that's our crutch. I think if they sort that out, which we'll see tonight against Charlotte, again, fingers crossed, they can get the job done at Bojangles. Bojangles Coliseum, um, where you go to get Bojangled. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, in terms of, you know, the boys, I still have more than enough faith in the world. We finally have our squad back. Uh, to be fair, phenomenal result against Hershey with the whole squad. Um, kind of an unlucky performance against Springfield, full of penalty minutes. And then Charlotte, that game was ours, if not for that late penalty. So I agree. Th those are big takeaways. Um, if anything, I look at that as like two wins out of three, even though we lost two of them. I'm really confident about tonight. I think they're going to go back there with a vengeance. Tonight's a huge game. Um, leading up to what kind of weekend do we have here? Um, we have today is uh, Wednesday. We have uh, November game. 23rd. So this weekend coming up, we have Lehigh, Lehigh at home. Um, and then Springfield, uh, doubleheader, Friday, Saturday, Springfield away. So I, I'm expecting a win at Charlotte tonight. We have to beat Lehigh at home. Absolutely no question there. It's a rivalry game. We, we need two points at home. It's against Lehigh Valley Friday night. People will be there. Absolutely no excuse. Um, Springfield away, going to be a tough game. I think they get it done, though. I think we get six points out of our next six game or next three games. I agree. I think I agree with you, and I like your points. I I mean, I mean to say I agree with your points more. I think we take, I think three from six. I think three from six, and I mean, I'm I always low ball. You know, I low ball, you high ball. I I really think three for six because Charlotte's a tough team. We're but gonna but after, we, we're gonna, after last night. We're gonna travel. We're gonna travel from Charlotte. Fly back for tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And then Happy have, Thanksgiving, Penn's Nation. If you guys, if you guys want any turkey, have an extra slice of it for us because we have a lot of family coming up. So strange. Next, <laughs> so we have, we fly back, right? We fly into Charlotte. Then we have to go right to Lehigh. Then drive a five-hour ride out to Springfield. I get it. I think we can win three and three, but we're not going to. Not with this team. Not with the tiredness. Not with this. Not with this little patch we're in. I'm thinking three from six. Well, what about tonight? What's your score prediction for tonight? It's going to be another high-scoring game. Four-three Penguins win. Four-three. Four-three Penguins win. I am going to say. I was also thinking four in favor of the Penguins because of the way people are scoring goals right now. Also, shout out Neilander. It's nice to see him back on the board here. God, he's um, good. He fell into like a lull. He started really hot, fell into a little lull, and now he's getting back on the board. So good thing for that. I'm going to say 4-2. I, okay. I really think the Penguins are going to be up like 3-2, and then we're going to get that probably like Hollander empty netter to end the game off. That seems to always be how we finish things out. I, so, I like that. That's a good call. I like that call. I think... I think we're gonna have a. I think we're gonna have a good game. I think it's gonna be a tougher time tonight because Charlotte, Charlotte, need these points. Charlotte really want these points. They lost last year to Springfield and they got swept and they were annoyed because of it. This year they want to come in. They want to dominate this entire division. They want to dominate the league, and I feel like we really, really, really are gonna have a tough time tonight. Do I think we'll win? I always think we'll win. I don't but think any away day at Charlotte's easy. 
I don't think any day against Charlotte is easy. Charlotte are Charlotte are good. We're sitting sixth right now. Charlotte are sitting second. 10-4, one and one. Ten, Granted, four. we don't make some stupid mistakes. We're sitting right up there with them. Yeah. I mean, this has just been a culmination of dumb, dumb penalties and just the inability to play three periods of hockey. Does John Lazat play tonight? I don't think John Lazat plays tonight. I don't think John Lazat plays tonight. I think no, Jackson Ivany. Not after last night. JD's not going to be happy about how last night ended because he's all about resilience, getting back in the game. They got in the back, got back in the game three times last night, only for him to f- get up um, late in the game. So no, I don't think he plays. I think JD Forrest last night probably reached his frustration stage with John Lazat because that last night was the culmination for me personally. When he took that penalty late in the game, I was like, I am done. I am off the Lazat train completely. Not 1% of me wants him in a Wilkes-Barre jersey. I think last night JD would have had to have some sort of moment where he said, this guy needs like to be talking to. I, I'm not going to play him in the next game because he is hurting the team at this point. Charlotte knows he's a vulnerable player, and I don't think it's good for the Penguins to have them targeting John Lazat either because that's going to lead to trouble on that line. Do you think Jackson Ivany is a better player? Do you think he's in better form? No, and I touched on that before. St. Ivany is much less physical. Lazat is a much more physical player. Teams are more scared of Lazat's physicality. Teams can beat St. Ivany up, and they do beat him up. Um, We've seen a lot of goals scored against us this season where, like, he he has been kind of, like, beat against the boards, and they get a quick counter. But St. Ivany has better awareness. He's a better complement on that Fadoon line because Fadoon steps up because he's a younger player. He's a captain. They balance. Um, Lazat just doesn't have that awareness, and he's too slow. I'd much rather speed and a little less physicality in this modern AHL than have this, like, clunky defender who just has no awareness at all and drags our captain down. So I'm going St. Ivany for those reasons. All right. That's a pretty... That's a good take. I agree with St. Ivany. I think he's. A, I think, I think Lazat is the better overall player. I think he's more well-rounded. But I think right now John Lazat's in a lull, and I think St. Ivany is not in a lull. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna say St. Ivany. I'm gonna say St. Ivany tonight. Give John Lazat nod against Lehigh, and then we'll take it from there. Which I am so excited because you know, you know that Twitter burner account, the LV Phantoms. He's still going. Is he? Sadly. God, I can't imagine who's running that page. Um, well, guys, um, that was our, our coverage of match week three, four, and one game of match week five. Uh, next week, we'll be touching in on the game tonight, um, the game against Lehigh, and the away game at Springfield. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very safe and happy holiday. Uh, Thanksgiving is awesome, so make sure to you know watch some hockey, eat some turkey, have a couple drinks with your family, catch up. Um, once again, thank you so much for listening up the pens and we hope you have a fantastic day thank you everyone